You are now tuning to That's Scary with your host, Melanie P, a podcast about everything from relationships to finances, sex, and what's going on in the culture. Every week, a different guest host, a different topic, raw, unfiltered. So sit back and relax. Melanie P, talk to him. That's scary with Melanie. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of the That's Scary with Melanie P podcast. I am your host, Melanie P, guys. Welcome to episode 24. So I, this is a Wendy Williams episode. I am late to the game this week, so I had to pull it together, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm pulling it together, and it's it, it can't be more appropriate than the topic at hand of how I'm pulling it together. Um, I just got back from vacation and I'm trying to slowly roll back into the podcast recording schedule that I was doing so well with. Um, so it's me, it's you. I miss my glass of wine on episode 23 guys. So I'm ready to have a conversation. Um, I have been trying so hard to minimize and condense my show to not be an hour and a half. But you know what? When you have guests on the show, even if it's me, I think the show that I had, the two shows I've had um, that I didn't have any guests were still over an hour long. But, you know, you guys love it. I get great feedback. So it is what it is. Um, I'm going to start my show off her usual with a mental health check-in. Okay. How am I doing? How am I doing? I am, this is a fake it till you make it type of, um, this is a fake it till you make it kind of mood that I'm in. Um, I've had a great couple of days. I've had a great year for the most part thus far. Um, I've gotten a lot of great news in the past week. So I'm feeling good about that. Um, but mentally I'm doing pretty good. You know, I feel like two things that always seem to work for me to get my mental to where it needs to be is working out because those endorphins really get me feeling better. And I haven't done that. Um, and then also, um, smiling, like forcing a smile. I think I was, um, frustrated and irritated and on some woe is me type vibe before recording. And you know what I did as I was holding my baby, I just started fake smiling. I just started fake smiling. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have my certification as a life coach. And so, um, sometimes when I'm having a moment or having a, uh, I don't know, being triggered by certain things. I just try to bring to the forefront uh, things that I already know. So I faked a smile and that faking of a smile manifested into a better mood. So here I am, y'all. I'm not trying to hold you guys long today. Um, it is a Monday night. At almost, it's already passing the clock, guys. So this shows my level of dedication to the hustle, to the grind of being a podcaster. Um, I had to make sure that I joined the conversation. Mm. Sips wine. 
I had to make sure I joined the conversation about this Ebony K business, y'all. So I searched and I searched for someone to kind of have this conversation with. Um, I really, really, really wanted a male presence to have this conversation with, but I believe that things happen for a reason and um, you get me y'all. So Ebony K and Ayanla, Dr. Ayanla Van Zandt. So it, listen, I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Unless you've been under a rock, you've seen all on social media in the last week about this whole Ebony K and Ayanla Van Zandt interview that took place last week. Um, I, like many others, looked at the clip on Instagram and I had my opinion. So just to bring um, anyone to uh, up to par with what I'm talking about. So basically, Ayanla Van Zant, who let me just say is a staple or was a staple in my family <laughs> with my parents and my brothers. We used to love watching that show and we should have been on that show for shits and giggles if for nothing else. But I always said that I wanted to um, surprise my family with an intervention with a Yanla because I think that would be so like amazing if I could do that. Oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling my vibe. I'm feeling my energy. I'm, I'm feeling the core of Melanie and my energy coming to me slowly. I don't, maybe it's the wine. I don't know, but I'm feeling, 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 feeling rejuvenated. Sometimes you gotta be in your own energy, in your own space, um, to get back to who you are, the core of you. But anyway, Ayanla. So Ebony K and I first came to um, know Ebony K from the Real Housewives. I think she was on the Real Housewives of New York. So, you know, when the Housewives started having a token black, a token white. So they would have like after um, a lot of racial injustices and things that was happening in America, these shows started making sure they had, you know, an all white show started making sure they had one token black person. Um, that so they could say that, that they checked that box. Um, Bravo, especially on their housewives. But anyway, Ebony K was first introduced to a lot of people on the real housewives of New York. And I have to say that I thoroughly enjoyed her presence on that show. Um, I didn't know then what I know now that she is a very pro-black woke um, type female. So I did notice on the Real Housewives of New York that she was very pro-black and had a lot of black history and wanted to share black knowledge and history with those ladies. That didn't come across well all the time, but I, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed her. Um, you know, they didn't have her back, so whatever. Um, anyway, she was on an interview with Ayanla. So this is what I want to say. I think a lot of people, and this speaks to the, um, this speaks to 2023, right? We see a clip we hear a sentence and we run with it. We don't research. We don't do the facts. We are a clip type people. Okay. Um, pretty example of that is podcast, right? Podcasters, um, lure you in by posting clips, right? So if I'm doing a podcast, I'm going to post the most salacious clip of my podcast just to lure you in. And so a lot of people saw the, what, two minute, if that clip of Ebony K saying that she would not date 
a man who was a bus driver. Um, I'm gonna drop that clip in the comments in the description box for you guys if you haven't heard it. Um, however, Yanla Van Zine asked Ebony if she would date a bus driver, and Ebony K responded back and said if he owned the bus company, and that got, of course, everybody up in an uproar, right? Because honestly, it's a black woman, and she's on um t or on an interview setting her standards out for the world to see. And of course, everyone is appalled. So like many others, I was like, what's wrong with that? Like, why is it such an issue? Why is she being attacked predominantly by black men and black women for saying what her standards are? Um, but after several days of, you know, people hype stuff up in the first several days and then things start to die down. So I took the time to listen to that entire interview okay and it really changed my mind so would I date someone a man that was a bus driver and my first thought on that was no I would not um in my experience and I have a lot of dating experience because I was a single woman so what else would I be doing but dating um I can only say that I've dated one person um, who did not have a substantial income and that did not work. So when I heard Ebony K say that she would not date a bus driver, but she would actually date, you know, um, the gentleman or someone that owned a bus, it resonated with me. I think that when black women have high standards, it makes people feel uncomfortable. I think when black women, um, you know, operate in a super soft life, a super feminine life, and they accept nothing less, I think that um, it makes people feel uncomfortable for whatever reason. And I think that the reason is, you know, we're used to seeing non-black women in soft lives, right? If, if that's even proper grammar, um, we're used to seeing a certain looking woman living a soft life, having high standards, you know, being rich, being, being taken care of by a man. And I think that for some reason, when a black woman expresses that those are her standards, it makes people feel uncomfortable. At any rate, when I looked at the whole entire clip of Ebony K and um, Yanla, it did make me kind of rethink my initial thought process. Um, so I'm going to give a look. I've taken a few notes for those of you who have not listened to the entire um, interviews. I'm going to talk about that, but then I'm also going to talk about the interview that took place on The Breakfast Club. I feel like I have more opposition and more honestly anger from the Breakfast Club um, interview than I do the Ayanla Van Zant interview. Um, I think that was just a wholesome two black women, um, two educated, uh, career driven black women having a conversation. They took out a blurb of a sentence and people ran with it. And I think that the bigger conversation should honestly be the conversation that took place on the Breakfast Club that I did not like. So few notes here, um, Ebony and Ayanla, they're Saraj and there are, they're both, uh, attorneys. So obviously Ayanla is a former attorney and I think Ebony is also a former attorney as well. 
a little bit of back history as well that I thought was very interesting that again, you haven't seen, um, all you've seen is a viral clip, but you have to kind of take a step back to understand the, the context of the conversation and of the interview. So in my research for this show, okay, Ebony wanted to interview Ayanla because Ayanla had been on the breakfast club several weeks ahead of her interview with, um, with Ebony, right? And on that interview, on that initial interview with the Breakfast Club, uh, Iyanla was talking about masculine energy, um, alpha men, alpha women, and saying how a lot of women are basically acting like men. Um, a lot of women have uh, very strong masculine energy and how basically they need to sit down and shut up. Um, and when Ebony K saw that interview, she wanted to have a discussion as a single woman um, with Ayanla to get, you know, to get her advice on singlehood, on dating and kind of, and kind of get a better understanding of why she thought that women are, um, are being too masculine and they're walking around wearing the pants. Right. So that's a big key, um, takeaway of how this interview even took place or why again, Ayanla has been going around saying that women are being very, very masculine, too masculine, very alpha. And um, when Ebony K saw that, she really wanted to have a sit down with Ayanla to get a better understanding as to why she had these strong thoughts about women. Mm. sleep good tonight, y'all. All right. So let's start here. Um, Ebony, she said that men being intimidated by women with power, Ebony states that her being a strong woman has affected her dating, right? So in the beginning of the interview, um, Ebony stating to Ayanla that, you know, she has had issues in the dating scene, um, because men have had, have taken issue with her being such a strong career focused, career driven attorney. And she even went as far as to say, um, you know, men have told her, okay, turn the lawyer off. You're not a lawyer. You know, we're not in a court, right? Um, and I know men personally um, who think that way and have issues with women um, who are in, you know, careers where maybe there are predominantly a male career and they are very intimidated by women who um, basically don't need a man for money, or um, status because they have it themselves. And so I really understood um, Ebony K and, you know, her saying that. And I thought that was a really good point that she made, you know, being an attorney, being in the limelight, being very established, you know, she has, um, has had issues in the dating world just because of that. Right. Um, another key point that I thought stood out to me was the fact that Ebony K said that she believes a man's job is to provide and to protect, okay? Provide and to protect. But her caveat to that is that she says she's 39 now. I don't know about that. <laughs> when I saw her on the housewife, I thought she was like 45, 46, and that's no shade to her, but she has a very um, mature, older presence and look and sounding voice. I'm kind of surprised that she's not even 40. I 
doesn't sound true, but, um, you know, whatever. But she was saying that in her almost 40 years of living, she's never met one man, including her father, that could and was able to provide and protect for her. And I think that that really sets a scene um, for a lot of women, right? I was having a discussion with a friend of mine today about that. And one thing I've realized um, in the past couple of years is that I have a very distorted uh, view on how men should be um, in my world, in my growing up, in my surroundings from born to now. I've been around men who are um, who provide and protect Um, men who are family men, men who are um, providers, protectors, married, happily married. Um, I've mostly been around successful marriages. And even if I was around marriages that was not successful, it was a lot of the time, some of the women's fault. Um, and in my own personal um, experience growing up, um, a lot of the men that I, um, grew up around wanted to be married. They reverence marriage. They yearned for marriage and they were just good men looking for good women. So when I hear Ebony say that she's never, ever including her father, right? Your father is your first, your first love. Your father is your first example of what a man should be, right? So if you're saying that you're almost 40 and you to this day have never met or been around a man who was an example of somebody who can provide and protect, you're someone that should probably be in therapy. Don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger, right? Um, I think that's, that has to be a very unhealthy um, experience to be that age and to have not yet met one man that you thought of that was that had that was an example of a man that can provide and protect. So that's a key thing. I think that was a major takeaway. Um, one thing that Ayanla said is that black women are sometimes conditioned and programmed to act like men meaning masculine energy, which is not who we are. She said that women can be competitive and aggressive, and that's not who women are naturally. Um, that stood out to me because I'm a very competitive woman. I don't consider myself aggressive. Um, however, I, I can understand where she's coming from. Um, I think that I agree. I feel like women have been conditioned and what's the word I want to use? Women have been conditioned involuntarily to have masculine energy. Here's the here's the conversation that no one wants to say out loud. And here's what no man wants to admit to. No woman wants to be masculine. No woman wants to have to project masculine energy. No woman is born, unless maybe you're like, I don't know, the, the biggest dyke ever, I don't know. No woman is, no natural woman is born exuding masculine energy. Um, let me compare it to something, right, for you guys to understand. Let me give you a parallel, right? Let me think of a parallel. Um, a person who's being abused, they're not born to fear their abuser, right? Or let's dumb it down. Um, a person who's been bitten by a dog um, or who's had a bad experience from a dog, People are not born to fear animals, right? People are not born to fear dogs. People have experiences that then um, make them afraid of dogs. Okay, parallel to that. 
there's always a recurring conversation about women being masculine. Women are just so aggressive. Women are so masculine. And like a lot of men, men want to skip the beginning and go to the result, go to the effect. They want to skip the onset of why something happened, especially especially if it makes them accountable. They want to skip that part and they want to go to the part that makes them a victim of something, right? Example, no woman wants to be a masculine woman. No woman wants to be an alpha woman when she has a, a male partner. Women who are, in my opinion, who exude masculine energy in a negative way, the way Ayanla is presenting it, is because they have had experiences with men, i.e. Ebony, where they have not been provided for, they have not been protected, and they've had to take off their feminine garb. They've had to take off their um, their dress and unfortunately put on trousers, right? <laughs> Um, no woman wants that. I just don't understand. Like it's so many podcasts. It's so many clips. It's so many, you know, um, Samuels of the world out here talking about masculine women, alpha women, and no one's talking about why they are like that. And you know why? Because they don't want to look in the mirror and understand that they have made women that way. Right. So, um, Ayanla was very big on saying that there's, and I don't, I'm not disagreeing with Ayanla. In that interview, Ayanla was saying that, you know, a lot of masculine women and they should not be that way. And I totally agree. And I definitely think that um, that Ebony K agree with that as well. OK, um, the whole aggressive and competitive nature. I don't think that in, I didn't like the competitive aggressive is a no. I don't think women should be aggressive, especially when it comes to men. I think that that is a very masculine trait. Um but the competitive, I didn't like that. And she was very, um, she repeated that a lot. You know, women shouldn't be competitive um, when it comes to men. Now, this is not 1922. This is 2023. And I think that a little bit of healthy competition is very healthy. Um, and I think that especially in relationships and especially with a man, but if you have a weak man, they don't want no competition. So again, Men talk about stuff like masculine women. Men talk about, you know, competitive women. Ayanla talking about competitive women. What person, now let me back up, because anything that's in excess is, is unhealthy. So anybody that's being too competitive or, um, you know, too whatever, that's in excess, never good. But only an insecure man would have a problem with his woman giving him a little bit of competition. And I guess it depends on what the competition is in, right? So again, to Ebony's point, in her experience, a lot of men have had issue with the fact that she is an attorney, you know, the, with the fact that she is, you know, um, they've called her bougie, whatever the case might be. Um, men have had issue with that. Why? You know, to me, if I'm looking for a partner, I'm looking for someone who can elevate me. And I think the sign of a strong alpha man is, is a man who wants to be elevated as well in a healthy way. Elevated, not meaning that I'm pouring into you. I'm elevating you and I'm just sitting here. You elevate me, I, I elevate you and we keep it pushing, right? So I didn't like the competitive, um, the competitive, uh, word that she said that she was kind of making negative. Ayanla also said that women should have grace. They should be nurturing. She said that women have lost their grace, compassion, elegance, and divinity. 
Okay. And all women think about is being a boss. <laughs> so this is the thing. Um, I agree. Ayala's not saying anything that I don't agree with. Okay. Here's the thing. Ayala is starting in the middle like most men do. Um, I think women are nurturers by default. Women have, most women have grace by default. Now I'm not, let, let me just be clear with this. I'm not talking about the ratchet women of, you know, of today's time. I'm not talking about the women who, you know, let me just lay on my back and get paid from that. I'm not talking about those women. I'm talking about the Ebony K's of the world. So let me, let me make that clear. Right. Cause I feel like I, Ebony K, I resonate with her career woman, strong woman, opinionated woman, um, alpha woman, which is, I think it's, I, we need to get away from that. Get away from, from alpha because people take just like that clip, people take alpha and, and all this stupid stuff and they run with it. And it, it hasn't done the black community any good. I don't think this whole, um, conversation of alpha male beta male alpha woman whatever um you know feminine woman it hasn't really done the black community any good um and that's unfortunate because i think that if those discussions were held in a healthy way um in a way where people's minds were open to have healthy conversation to understand people's points of views i think that um it could really help elevate the black couple the black partnership black people in a whole but i think that people have just like everything people take these little um you know uh viral words and viral conversations and they just run with them and when we get to the breakfast club conversation you'll understand why i have a new respect for ebony because i agree with everything she said in the breakfast club right so i again agree with ayanla grace nurturing women have lost their grace compassion elegance and divinity this is what I need. So Ayanla, why, right? Why? Um, a good question that Ebony should have asked is why? Why do you think that women have lost grace, have lost nurturing? You know, I think it's like, let me, let me get the percentage correct. I want to say, and this might be wrong, but over 30% of single households, and that has to be wrong. Is it more 80? A high percentage of single parent households are run by women. Um, so if, if you're a woman who's having to wear the man pants and the woman pants and raise children and lead a household, you're not going to be the most nurturing, compassionate person at all times. Um, yeah, that's, that's the goal, but as a black woman, and I want to preface that this is what we're talking about black women. Um, it's already hard. Number one, to be a black woman, but we're killing it. You know, black women are the highest people who are buying real estate. We're the highest people getting at getting degrees. And so even with all that being said, while running households by ourselves, we're still killing it. Um, and I think that that could be another thing that weak, a lot of weak males in their subconscious mind, they don't like that. Um, and that, that's really, really, really unfortunate, you know, to me, especially with the breakfast club, there should have been in a perfect world, I guess, um, black woman setting standards, black people coming behind her to uplift those standards, not tear her down. Okay. So yeah, grace, nurturing, compassionate, elegance, that might not be the forefront now, unfortunately, for a lot of women. However, I mean, look at, look at today's society. 
divorce is at a high demand. Women are, are running households um, in the dating world. Niggas ain't shit. Like, I mean, where are the leaders, right? Like, I don't, I don't have no sons, okay? And I have three older brothers. And I will say my mama did a damn good job raising my brothers to be grown ass men who lead their households. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know for a fact that all mothers are not raising their sons like that. And so what happens with that is that you raise a bitch and then he's out here being a bitch in a household. And I hate to say that. I hate to say that. I hate to say that. But it kind of starts from the woman, right? Because just like you have those women who are raising children by themselves, um, sometimes they drop the ball and they they are enablers to these, to these little boys. And these little boys become men who are having children who are raising households and they, they're not equipped to run a household. Um, and a lot of times there's not a father in the home. There's this, there's that. So again, I think one of the key things is that we need to start at the beginning. I am a firm believer that the man should be the head. The man should lead. Don't ask me no questions. I don't know. Okay. I believe that the, like, if I'm doing something, if, if, and this is all, um, this is nothing really to my personal life. This is just all in just regular conversation. Um, however, if I'm with someone, and I think a lot of women are like this, but we don't have the luxury of this. And I think this is what Ebony K was saying. Um, when you're in a relationship, if you're in a marriage, I, I think in a perfect world for most women, the they would have men that they trusted to be leaders, right? Um, but I think that a lot of times men over and over and over again, show examples of where they're not equipped to lead. Now, caveat, 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 because we as women have to really learn how to, um, I guess, uplift our men without demeaning them. And that is difficult because if a man is constantly showing you that he has to ask you a thousand questions or he's not confident or he's not sure or he or he can't do daily you know regular you know daily things or you know he's giving you he's giving you over and over again examples of how he's not equipped to run a business right and by business I mean a household a family then that does definitely alter how a woman's going to look at a man and it's definitely going to alter her confidence in him to take the lead here's the thing you can't take the lead sometimes, right? You can't pick and choose when you want to be a leader. Either you're going to be a leader lead in your household, 24, 7, 365, or you're not. And that's going to produce a woman who isn't confident in your ability to lead. And it's going to question, it's going to be confused, and it's going to not feel confident in your answers. You know, you can't lead me if you're confused, because now I'm confused. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, women are smart. Women are very smart people. And it's like when, when, when as with anything, if you give somebody an example of how they're insecure in something, or they're not sure if you put any level of doubt, especially if it's over and over and over again in a woman, then it's going to create consistent doubt because now you don't know, you're not sure. So now I got to kind of step up because you don't know what's going on. Um, and I do agree. I agree with Ayanla, you know, this boss mentality. I don't want it. I don't want to be a boss. Like, I think this is where, um, I think this is where the whole women empowerment goes too far. I don't want to be a boss. 
And I don't like women saying that they're bosses. I think it's stupid. I think it's just dumb, dumb language that we've taken on. And I think that's, I think that's very masculine, too masculine. Don't want to be a boss. Mm -mm. My man, a boss. I don't need to be a boss. I'm just, you know, I'm fine with being a lowly woman following my man. Okay. He the boss. I'm just back behind him. I'm behind him. He leads me. We good. But to Ebony's point, a lot of men can't lead. So now it makes the woman step up and Ebony presented a lot of statistics um, about men's education level or lack thereof, their lack thereof earning, you know, earning and wages. Um, I mean, her, it's a good interview. It's a really good interview. Um, but that wasn't the meat of the interview about men's income. So again, they kind of pushed that narrative. Um, again, I spoke about Ebony saying that men are supposed to provide and protect and she's never had that, which again speaks a lot. Um, Here's a good point that Ayanla made. She says that men build, women create. I agree. I thought that was very profound, you know, simple but profound. She said that there's, it's a man's job to build. It's a woman's job to create. I thought that was really, really um, interesting. She said women should create and let things come to them. Um, She said that she had to learn this and that, um, she had to learn to create and attract anything that she desired. She says, we, we won't get, we won't be still. We won't shut up. Okay. Um, we manage through fear, struggle and survivor survival versus feeling, knowing and blooming. We haven't been trained that way. Right. So I, I thought that was good. Women, men build women create. I think it all goes back to women being in their feminine energy. Women are natural creators. We create life. It doesn't get more creative than that. <laughs> if we can create life, what else? I mean, like we hold life in our wombs. We are built to create. We are natural nurturers, but it, the shit just gets so distorted when, you know, people are not playing their roles. If Ayana, it wants things to be perfect. Ayana wants it to be a perfect world to where a man is playing his role, a woman's playing her role, and everybody's just going going with the flow. And that that that'll be great. But people are not playing their roles. And if somebody's if a man's not playing his role, if a woman's not playing his role, then it has to be supplemented. If a man is not doing his manly stereotypical duties, you know what I'm saying? Then it has to get done. If a man isn't even in the home, those manly duties have to get done. And when that happens, women lose on their femininity because they're having to supplement the masculine energy that's missing in their environment. So I do agree with that. Um, she said that you can be an alpha woman and still be feminine. I agree. I think that, again, we need to put in the trash this whole alpha woman, alpha female thing. Get that out of here. We don't need that, right? Um, I think it's just done us more harm than it's done good. But if we're going to keep it, being an alpha woman doesn't mean that you lack femininity. Um, another false narrative, right? I can be alpha all day to a strong ass man. A strong ass man is going to want an alpha woman. Okay. A strong ass man is going to want an alpha woman, be able to manage an alpha woman is going to make an alpha woman flourish. But a strong man is going to create an environment where an alpha woman can turn that alpha off and just follow her leader. And I don't care how barbaric that sounds. 
There is no woman who would prefer to be alpha and a leader versus being feminine and being led. There's no woman who's going to say that. No woman wants to be an alpha. Get it out of here. You're not a victim. Get it out of here. Okay. So again, this whole alpha female mess, please. But on the, on the same token, a strong man is going to want an alpha woman. A secure man is going to want an alpha woman. An alpha woman is a woman who can be alpha, but still have that femininity. But what happens is men have taken alpha woman and they've demonized it, right? Um, oh, you're being a man. You're being so alpha. That means that you're insecure. If you're, if you're insecure and saying that your woman is being a man or being an alpha, that means you ain't doing something. If your woman got to be a man, there's a problem. Look in the mirror. But again, men don't want to start in the beginning. They want to start where they are the victim. It is what it is. Don't get mad at me. Okay. If your woman, if you, if your woman is an alpha and you don't like it, or if your woman is giving you male energy and you don't like it, you need to look in the mirror and, and try to understand what am I not doing? Here's the question. Here's the question that you need to ask yourself. What am I doing? What kind of environment am I creating that my woman thinks that she needs to be a man or be alpha? Very basic. I don't even have to get my therapy degree to understand that, right? If my kid feels like um, they're being abused, okay, I'm not going to abuse them more and make them feel like a victim or to, you know, to make them feel bad for feeling abused. I'm going to say, damn, what type of environment am I creating to make my child feel like they are being abused? Again, too far left, but you have to understand People don't want to hear the truth. And that sucks. That really, really sucks. Okay. Um, she said that women are out earning. Okay. So Ebony said that women are out earning men. It's just a fact. Um, here's the thing. Ayanla said, you can't teach a man how to be a man. You can't teach a man how to be a man. Now, I kind of disagree with that one. I think that a good woman is going to help mold her man, but it shouldn't but the man shouldn't feel like he's molding, he's being molded. So let, let me say that again. Most men require some type of molding, teaching. You know, you're a helpmate, right? But I think you're doing that great and you're doing that right when the man does not feel like he's being trained or molded. You know, women are very smart. Dare I say that women are very much more smarter than men, you know? Um, but this is the thing. In, and these are my opinions, you know, a man was built to have a woman, a woman was built to have a man. There's certain qualities and skill sets that men have that women don't have. And there are certain qualities and skill sets that, that women have that men don't have. And when we're operating in our roles appropriately and in a healthy way, we get to benefit from those, right? If, if my, um, if my man is, you know, creating an environment where I feel safe, where like Ebony K says, I feel provided for, I feel protected, that he's going to get all the benefits of being with a woman that has a bunch to offer. But if you have your woman in an environment where they don't feel safe, where they don't feel protected, where they feel like, you know, they're tiptoeing and being on ice, then you're not going to get 
everything that you can get. So I think the reoccurring thing here is, you know, look in the mirror. Men should be the head of the household. Men should be the head of a relationship. Men should be the head of a marriage. And if something in your household is off, you fix it. Look in the mirror. If something in your marriage is off, you fix it. You start the process to fix it. Look in the mirror. It starts with you. You can't pick and choose when you want to be a leader. You can't be a leader when it's fun and when it feels good. But when it's something hard or something that's going to require maybe you to feel uncomfortable, then you're looking to your woman to be the leader. That's not fair. It's not fair. And it makes a bitch be real alpha when she don't want to be. Repeat myself over and over again. No woman wants to be an alpha female in a relationship with a man. No woman wants that. I got a lot of friends and everybody say the same thing. Nobody wants that. Okay. Okay. Um, so here's the kicker. Let's fast forward. So finally, after now this, all this conversation takes place even before we get to the whole bus driver conversation. Right. So that's why it's imperative to look at the whole interview, um, in its entirety, because, um, this interview is not just about a bus driver. This interview is not just about who would have any date. The interview is about women and men and roles and masculine energy and feminine energy. And, you know, Ayala giving advice to Ebony It's not at all about who Ebony would date. That was a 30 second blurp in a whole 30 minute interview. But randomly, you know, um, I think uh, Ebony is uh, just, you know, kind of wanting to reboot the interview and saying, you know, here are the stats Here's, you know, women are top earners. Women are buying, black, black women are top earners. Black women are, are dominating the HBCUs. Black women are dominating the career. They're dominating the, the pay scale. What is her suggestion, meaning a Yanla's, for black women? And then a Yanla asks, would you date a bus driver? Now, this was very out of left field. So I can tell it kind of caught Ebony off guard because Ebony kind of looked into space and thinking. And she just gave a quick kind of funny, but maybe true answer if he owned the bus company. And um, Ayana was like, well, I don't know about that. I don't like that. So she says, this is what Ayana says that kind of had me changing my tune, right? So initially I'm like, hell no, I ain't dating no bus driver. I'm not about to be out here and doing what I do, you know, making what I make and I'm dating somebody because I've done it and it does not work, especially if you're used to a certain lifestyle, if I want to go on vacation and if I can, if I can buy my plane ticket, I would prefer that you bought both of our plane tickets, but at least be able to buy your own, you know, at least be able to fund half the trip, if not more, you're not doing that. If you have a very small salary and it, it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think here's the big key that people are missing. You know, Ebony says she's 39. Um, you know, when you get to a certain age, those things matter more than they, more than they don't matter. Um, you know, Ayanla said, well, I can build with a bus driver. You know what I'm saying? She said, so let's get to what she says. She says that if he loved driving the bus, if he was a man of integrity, if he treated her well, she could build with him. She said that the criteria that women are look, looking for is, is what making is what is making women be sad and lonely. Now that part, she kind of got me. So Iyanla states that if he treats me well, if he treats his mom well, if he has integrity, you know, I can build with that. I didn't agree with that part, but then I had a conversation with a friend and I was like, damn, you know what? 
there's so many caveats to the whole bus driver conversation um, or income conversation. So my thing was, I don't want to date someone who makes less than me, but you have to be more detailed than that, right? If I make, and I'm throwing this out here, if I make $60,000 a year, I don't want to particularly be with somebody who makes $20,000 a year or even 30, really even 40, you know? Um, if I make $60,000 a year and my partner makes 55 or 50, maybe so, right? Here's the other caveat. If I have a kid and I make $60,000 a year and my partner makes $50,000 a year with no kid, then that might kind of adjust how I'm looking at that, right? So there's so many caveats to that. I do think that Ebony was kind of trying to be funny. She probably meant what she said, but you know, like, and, and if she did, it is what it is. Stop demonizing black women for having standards. You don't hear any other culture. Really, you hear a lot, most of the cultures push their uh, daughters out the door for a rich nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like Asian people, go marry a, a doctor, right? Indian people, go marry somebody in tech, which is so stereotypical of me to say these things. But a lot of other cultures push the, their women to be with successful men who are able to provide and protect black people are the only people coming after a woman for saying that she wants somebody who can provide for her and protect and if she feels like a man who um drives a bus can't provide for her then more power to her the caveat to that and the point that Ayanla made that had me kind of switching gears is she said that um the criteria and the prerequisites that black women have is what's leaving them alone and lonely. Now that, that got me, that got me because <sighs> black women, although we, we have the education, although we have the income, although we have the careers, although we have all of that, I feel like we are um, in the top percentile of single women amongst all races and I don't like that and I think that's why you have a lot of women raising children by themselves um you know being forced to be put in these masculine um environments because of just their situation so I feel like she got me there although I don't prefer a bus driver although I've had the experience to where I tried to date down um and it did not work for me and um I, that's not fair that's not fair I don't want it I don't want it for nobody however if uh, there's a lot of women out here who want children who want to get married they're knocking on 45's door um and sometimes you gotta dumb that list down right and that's not fair I don't know if that's me saying that or if that's a Yanla speaking through me saying that because I'm not an advocate of dumbing it down. I believe that if you want a certain something, you can get a certain something. Um, but I also believe that sometimes we are our own worst enemy with these list of prerequisites and criteria. You can't be you know, saying, oh, well, I make six figures and I want my man to make six figures, but you got, but you're drowning in debt. 
You know what I'm saying? You have that. You have all this debt. You don't own a home. This man might own a home, be debt free, and make twenty thousand dollars less than you. You know what I'm saying? So I think that it just comes with being smart, right? Another conversation I had today. You could be with a man who makes, you know, what you make or has that check mark financially, but treats you like shit and you're unhappy. So I think ultimately that bus driver comment was a blurb in a whole. 30 minute interview that I thought was very great. Um, but I think that, I think this is, a, this is another conversation that needs to be had, but women can, women can um, really kick themselves in the butt with these requirements. And I don't want to be hypocritical because I know I ain't going to be with nobody who broke, not going to do that. Cause she ain't broke. Meaning me, she hurt me, not broke. Um, and I never will be broke. I'll always be well off period point blank it is what it is and that kind of energy is kind of energy I want in my man I don't want no man who's going to be settling for you know minimal when they don't have to you know and that leads me to the breakfast club Oof, child I was so disappointed so I watched the whole interview with Ayanla and with um with Ebony K, great interview. I thought it was a great, great interview that was overshadowed by this 30-second blurb. Um the the viral nature, the viralness was not in that clip. The viral blurb was in the Breakfast Club. So first of all, DJ Ivy, sit down. Have several seats in all those cars and homes that you own with your wife who hasn't had an orgasm in years. Okay. His energy towards Ebony K on that interview, I did not like. I thought he was very aggressive, too aggressive. I thought he was very rude. I don't care. Um, Ebony is a guest on your show. And no matter if she is talking over you, she was never rude to him. But I think he was very rude to her. I think that he was on some Captain Save-A-Ho um, shit. And he ain't saving that hoe. He's saving I don't know who. But he was very much given um, attack, attack, attack. What's wrong with these black men, right? This is what I would have wanted to see. A black woman saying I have these requirements. I look at myself as a queen. I'm this, I'm all that. This is what I want. She didn't put nobody down. She didn't say bus drivers suck. She didn't say bus drivers are broke. She didn't say none of that. She simply said that she would not prefer to date a bus driver, but she has certain standards that she would want a man who owned the busing company. Now that could have Ebony K being alone for the next 20 years. That's her business. By the end of the day, I want to see the outrage and the outpour to support this black woman, not knock her down. She could be wrong, dead wrong. But that don't affect your life. If this woman got these stupid criteria and, and list, Ebony K is a single woman. She ain't got no man. <laughs> so maybe that, that's her lesson and that's her journey to go on. Black men come and protect black women. Where are you? Why is it that anytime a black woman is vocal, in the media where is the outpour of black men coming to support the black woman i.e meg the stallion a bitch got shot in the foot and is getting attacked by black men everywhere you turn what's wrong with that picture right nia long i have to applaud um can't remember the guy's name i'm gonna put it in the description i want to say steve something um i just applaud the fact that she hasn't made no comment about her husband cheating on her 
with some white woman he worked with publicly. This man went on and, and had a whole statement about how he cheated on her in front of everybody, embarrassed her. Um, she ain't said nothing. But this, I think I want to say Stephen, Stephen, Stephen A. I don't know. But this man got on TV last week and said how Nia Long's, I guess, now estranged husband had no right putting her on blast and having a freaking, um, what do you call it? A whole press conference about him cheating on her. He should have respected the black woman enough to where that was held between them two. And that was not put on front street by him. He shouldn't have said shit. Fuck his job. He got a black woman with him, but you know what? He fucked over for a white, white woman. So it is what it is. I did not like on the breakfast club, the aggressive nature in which DJ Envy came at Ebony K. All right. So here he go with his cheating ass, right? I mean, he has a whole wife who's saying that she went years. I love hearing noises in the background that she went years without even having an orgasm. Your focus should be there. Your focus should be there, not fussing and tearing down a black woman. Um, so DJ Envy said that people were upset because they feel like she was putting down the average worker. So first of all, do your research, listen to the whole, um, listen to the whole entire interview. Ebony K did not once in that entire interview put down any average worker. She never did that. Um, so again, attacking your guests and saying that she, like he kept trying to say that he was the voice of the average worker. You're not the average worker. So you're not a voice. Um, you're not there to attack your guests. Did not like that. Um, then one thing that, that, that he said that I don't have any details on is about her having a white fiance. So DJ Envy tried to kind of throw into that interview that when you, you out here trying to uplift black people and uplift black men, you had a whole white fiance. Who cares? Like his wife looks white. Who cares? Like who cares? If she had a, a white fiance, she can still uplift her people and have a white fiance. If she's saying the, the dating pool is, is, is cloudy out here and there's not a lot of black men on her level, or if, you know, if she's saying that, and if she chooses to date outside her race, who cares? Black men do it every day. The more high up they get, the more outside their race they go. So where's that outrage? Where is that outrage? Right? Black men are famous for getting rich and leaving a black woman. Keep that same energy for your next guest who has a white wife or a white girlfriend. Keep that same energy, DJ Envy. I don't like that. Um, again, DJ Envy kept saying that she was shitting on the average American. I didn't like that. I, I applaud Charlemagne for kind of coming in and calming his ass down, talking all over her, raising his voice, you know, being very aggressive. You know, um, I didn't like that. And those two women, podcasters, you know, that, that they had on the show. Well, I don't even know why they was there. They had nothing to offer their, the, the breakfast club interview. They had like nothing to offer the interview. Like I, why were they there? I don't know. Why were they there? It was weird. Like, please put me, please put me there. Please put me, um, in that seat, please. Um, they had really nothing to offer. Um, it is what it is. So, 
I didn't like DJ Envy. Um, he, you know, here are some of his texts. She shitted on, she shitted on the average Joe. She was hurting a community. She has a white fiance, all just kind of daggers. Um, he kept cutting her off. He kept saying that, you know, I let you speak for 22 minutes. Now it's my turn. She, you're, she is on your show. You're interviewing her. She's not interviewing you. So if she has something to say, protect black women. Keep that energy. I've seen people come to the Breakfast Club and chew this nigga out, and he ain't had nothing to say. But this black woman come on the show, you know, giving her opinion. You invited her on the show, and you're going to be – keep that aggressive energy for these niggas who come on the show ready to fight your ass and beat your ass. Keep that energy. I don't like that. Black men, get it together. Is he, is he even black? Is he even black, you know? People have been so disrespectful to him in his face and he ain't had that kind of energy, but this black woman has just her opinion and her criteria of who she wants to date. And now you mad and you talking for the people child sit down where please sit down. Like, I mean, really like, <laughs> and it's so funny because, um, you know, Charlotte, I think Charlamagne could tell that he was going too far. And so again, kudos to Charlamagne for kind of bringing, it back and you know understanding that he has a guest understanding interview etiquette i could have a guest on my show that i might i've had guests on my show that i don't agree with, agree with, with, with what they're saying but i'm never going to be rude to a guest on my show never going to happen okay um now they had a conversation about like seeds and d's and mediocre so i think it's a it's a it's an instance of semantics at this point but i think that's where um the argument on the breakfast club kind of came into play like oh now ebony k kind of lost me when she was talking about mediocre and you know all these words to describe a bus driver or somebody who has you know has a lower job and i'm and i'm just paraphrasing but when I listened to her and she explained, you know, she sat there and she explained what she meant by that. And she gave us the definition of what mediocrity means and how that and how that's defined. Then it made sense. That actually made sense. So um, we, we hear the words mediocre and we think of something negative. But I think when she looked up the word mediocre, it just means, you know, regular average um, and Initially, I was like, girl, you're going too far. But when she explained it and she said that, you know, we shouldn't be okay with our children bringing home C's and D's. We shouldn't be okay if, you know, if you have um, doctor, if you have a doctor skill set, if you have a scientist skill set, but you stop at being a bus driver, then you're mediocre. I agree with that. Now, nobody's saying that it's bad. Nobody is saying that if you're just a bus driver or a Uber driver or whatever the case might be that you're below and you suck. I think that what she's trying to say is that as black people, and I've said this on my, I've said this on my show so many times before as black people, we unfortunately have to work triple as hard just to get to the starting point, the starting line with our counterparts. And that's the unfortunate truth, right? Um, I had a good point that I wanted to make and I can't remember what it was. Um, I don't know. I had a good point that I wanted to say. Um, she was talking about like, you know, the real wealth isn't owning real estate, um, you know, stuff like that. And it made me think about, you know, DJ Envy, I think he's a realtor, you know, so he should have, that should have resonated with him. You know, if you, I, I want to, I want to repeat what I just said, but I think her main thing as a black woman, as most black women, right? If we see our brothers 
you know, having potential to be better than just mediocre, we want to push them to be better. But I think that on that interview, DJ Envy specifically tried to turn her words around and use them against her. And that's, that's just like media 101. That's horrible. That's horrible. Like saying that she shitted on the average, on the average American. I did not like that. And even, even if he felt that way, protect black women at all costs, protect black women at all costs, protect black women at all costs, period, point blank. I'm going to put down in the description um, the Breakfast Club interview as well as the full interview with Ayama Vanzine. I think that it was such a great interview. Um, I think that it did. I think. And here's the thing. Here's what the, here's what, what they said on the Breakfast Club. You know, why would you choose that clip to make the clip for your interview? Um, because, you know, that wasn't the whole meat of the interview, but she made a good point. People don't, people, I can, I had a whole podcast about finances that had so much information for people as far as credit score. And as far as, um, you know, building financial wealth and understanding your credit score and all these things that, that to, to this day is my lowest streaming podcast, right? People want to hear the mess. But the good thing is, is that it got the conversation going about what we can do as black people to be more than mediocre. In Dr. Envy, DJ Envy, uh, Charlamagne and God, and those two other girls, they know that black people have to work triply as hard. And for them to sit up there, specifically DJ Envy, and act like what um, Ebony K was saying wasn't the truth, it just really floored me, to be honest with you. It really, really floored me. Listen, guys, I couldn't let this whole Ebony K. Ayanna Van Zant Breakfast Club thing go by without giving my two cents. I think my closing things are this. Listen to the whole interview that's in the description. It's a really, really good interview. I think there's so many good points. I would say to listen to that whole interview with your partner or with your friends, whoever. I thought it was a really good conversation starter for couples um, about masculine and feminine energy. Um, I will say that that conversation is probably one of the most healthiest um, conversations that I heard to kind of explain black women and kind of being, you know, feminine and the whole alpha conversation. I think that the interview had a lot of great conversation starters. Um, honestly, I might have me a little party and have a bag of questions. If you know, you know um thank you guys so much for listening to me um next week's episode is going to be here before you know it listen you know where to find me um you can find me on instagram at that scary underscore podcast the youtube will be dropping for this interview uh, for this podcast soon stay tuned for the next episode and make sure you're sharing liking and commenting on the podcast guys thanks so much <laughs>